Hey friends, super excited to have you joining us on this podcast episode. Just wanted to let you know about a really exciting opportunity we have. It's called the homesteadopenhouse.com. It's a virtual open house of people's homesteads from all over the world. Switzerland, Australia, Israel, all over the United States, British Columbia. We've gathered 26 different homesteaders to go through, give us little 15-minute clips of what's working on their homestead. Some of them are doing multiples. Some are doing just one or two. Everything from alternative energy to black soldier flies to gardening and regenerative agriculture, everything in between. Um, would love to have, have you join us. It's the homesteadopenhouse.com. It's just $9 to join. Uh, it starts March 14th through the 17th. We'll have a live Q&A on the 17th. But yeah, join us and uh, enjoy this new episode. Thank you. Every year since then, we've made 11 or 12 of these moon calendars. There's a new one every year. And some have to do with eating with the seasons or herbs or just meditations on the moon cycle. So that was sort of the origin of it. And then from there, either of us would just get different ideas about posters. So the harvesting and wildcrafting one. I don't remember exactly when Brittany came up with it or how she came up with it. I mean, she's a teacher, so I think it's something when she was teaching that she would be thinking about what would be helpful for her students. And yeah, and I think it was, she had this idea, and if folks see the poster, it's instead of having things broken down into a very rigid sort of, this is what's growing in spring, this is what you can harvest in the fall, it's a much more fluid sort of charting system. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse. Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better, And mostly, we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse too. Well, hey friends, it's me, Lacey, again. Today I have a very special guest that I've been admiring through Instagram for a long time now. And in the fall, I gifted myself one of her artworks and I'm so glad I did. And then I reached out to her and I said, hey, why don't you come talk to my people? I've made a recommendation for her products to several people. And and so I thought just having her on here would be an amazing opportunity for us to learn more about what makes her tick. Chelsea Granger is who's here. Yay, Chelsea, welcome. And I am really excited to hear about how she got started as an artist and also for her to share more about these amazing products. So one of the products I'll just tell you uh, up front is her harvesting and wildcrafting wall calendar. And it's for people who are interested in foraging, people who are foragers. What I love about it is it's so straightforward and I just have it on my wall and it's just there. And it's just, I think, brilliant because it makes it so easy to attain and do. But Chelsea, before we talk more about that, I would love to hear your story. How did you become an artist? If you could see Chelsea too, she is so artsy looking. She just looks like she's ready to to make something beautiful. So I'm so excited for her to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so, this feels so fun. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for reaching out. Let's see if my story is that I am one of those people who's been making art since I was a little kid, drawing since I was a little kid. I was definitely a shy child who loved to be alone, sit and draw. And I had, I was so lucky to be raised by two really loving, caring, supportive 
parents that encouraged my brother and I to do the things that we loved. So I always felt really encouraged in that way. Even, you know, from when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I was never sort of, I just really, the older I get, the more I realize how special that is to have family that really supports you and maybe not going down the like, quote unquote, normal path. So did art my whole childhood, went to college, Parsons School of Design, did art there, ended up dropping out, went to UMass <laughs> Amherst, continued to do art there, graduated, and I am my relationship to art and work and, and money and all these projects is that I really want to let my love of the art and the projects feed me and fuel me and not be what I'm trying to make money off of like that's a part of how I make my living but my whole life I've always had day jobs or things not connected to art so I think that's a huge part of how I've continued to do what I do is feeling financially supported by other work and not needing this sort of pressure so I just I feel like I can really follow the things that I love because of that yeah it can suck the life out of what you're doing because you're thinking more about how it will pay than how it will be the thing that you know you love and desire so that's so interesting I think that's a good point because I think I was well supported by my family too and actually my parents are both very artistic my mom has really gotten into painting over the last few years and she's always encouraged the arts but there was still always that I think maybe just cultural and and reinforced a little bit by my parents of well that's great but you can't make a living at that kind of thing so I'm curious do you feel like your parents just didn't really translate that on you or, or put that on you or did yeah. you feel that think, yeah I don't think they did I mean it's amazing yeah. now that I'm older I'm like in my late 30s to look back and just realize how special that was but yeah. no I mean I think for them they had different very different relationships with money and it was definitely about wanting their kids to be happy mm-hmm. and that that might mean different things. Like my brother didn't go to college and he pursued a career in snowboarding and is now a cook and sort of also like followed his dreams. But yeah, they just, they were old hippies who just, yeah, really instilled, uh, you know, that to be on the path of finding the things that we love and following the things that we love and our happiness over money, which also means that I've had to learn a lot about the financial side of things on my own. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. That's so interesting. It's funny how like grass is always greener, right? Like, oh man, I wish that I, <laughs> but there's always going to be, we can't fill in all the blanks for our children. Yeah. That's actually kind of a relief too, because I have kids and yeah. I know that I want them to follow their heart, but I also want them to be able to balance their checkbooks, right? So yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So in, in terms of like your experience, I just am curious, what did your art kind of look like I know now in schools art probably looks different than it did even when you were a kid I know it does from when I was a kid there was just much more I think art was a little bit more elevated even when we were children and they've sort of stripped that out of public schools I think over the years and I'm curious do you feel like you know you were really well supported through art class in public school or did you do extracurricular art activities or what did that look like yeah I did public school and the whole way through I had amazing, kind uh, art teachers who were very supportive. I think for the most part, it was just the art classes at school. I don't remember doing a lot of extra classes outside of school. I do remember like funny things when I was a kid. Do you remember those places where you would go and paint clay? Like there'd be like a clay dog that you would paint it. Like you'd go and do (laughs) I remember that kind of thing. But yeah, not a lot of outside classes or anything, just sort of what we did in school and then 
usually at home there was always I always had space to have you know markers or paint or whatever was the thing that I was excited about and when you went to college was it like did you have an advisor or were you really just like I think I want to do art I mean what did it look like to make that transition yeah I knew that I was going to do art in one way or another and the first school I went to and I feel like my guidance and my guidance counselors were supportive I went to Parsons School of Design in New York City which was I was from a, I'm from a small country town in Massachusetts and I really wanted the opposite uh, so I moved to the city and I'm trying to think I don't I just knew that this is what I wanted to be doing and I made some choices along the way that looking back I wish I would have made different choices like I majored in photography for a year oh, interesting. which as someone who drew their whole life and didn't have a connection to photography the <laughs> only reason I chose that was because I was like oh but you could get a job as a photographer you could like yes. work for National Geographic it just seemed for some reason that was my like oh well you can get a job doing this so that was my moment of uh thinking about a career path yeah i don't know and then umass amherst i had great teachers there i was really lucky that's very it's funny to think like i think when my husband and i both started as art majors my husband finished with a sculpture degree which is interesting right like what do you do with that well he builds fences <laughs> like, he builds like farming stuff yeah <laughs> but i think when you go to art school i think at the time he started as graphic design because it was like if you're an artist that's how you're gonna make a living so do you feel like you now I think I think of your work and I think it's so unique and so not not digital I think maybe is the right term but I do feel like you are kind of working as a graphic designer because you do a lot of collaborative work and people hire you for specific need do you consider yourself a graphic designer or what would you call yourself now I think it's great that you picked up on the handmadeness and the uh, like everything being hand-drawn because that is I, I don't ever use the word graphic designer graphic artist definitely illustrator i've come to use mm -hmm. that term yeah. um but i do everything by hand and scan it into my computer and then use photoshop to clean things up and provide digital files and to print things which i guess is becoming more and more rare which now so many people are making digital drawings and digital illustrations so i think my stuff does really old sort of the hand drawn hand painted yeah. quality because of that i did try as a like okay career move keep keep learning i tried i went to the community college in new haven and took a class in illustrator adobe like the whole adobe suite all the things that i would need to know and i just really really disliked it i ended up dropping out it was the first class i ever failed i just like i was so miserable and I was like, okay, that's not my thing. I'm going to stick to what I like and what I know. And yeah, so there's that's, limitations. That's a beautiful, what a beautiful, like that didn't discourage you from, from still pursuing your art career. I think a lot of times, you know, if you don't pass or fail, or, or if you don't pass and you fail something that you think, oh, okay, well, I'm on the wrong path entirely, right? Like what a neat thing that you kind of just took it and you're like, yeah, no, that's just yeah. not my thing. If we could let those things roll off our back more, I think we'd all be a little bit better off. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. Wasn't a good fit. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I know a lot of your work incorporates, I don't know, almost it feels like holistic in my mind, just sort of a, an old world style of life and connecting mm -hmm. back to plants and, and just more traditional living styles. 
Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, how, definitely. Did you, how did that evolve? I'm curious. Yeah, it's funny. Earlier when we were talking, when I was talking about my family and sort of these ways that I was encouraged, one of the things when Brittany Nickerson, the person who's my, the person who I collaborate with on these herbal posters, I was reflecting to her that I, um, my house was, as a kid, my my house was very down to earth. And one of my mom's things she loved were old um, herbal posters, which I had totally forgotten about till I found them. And I forget the um, artist's name who made them, but they were like poster, it would be like a teapot with on the side, there'd be different flowers with different names of plants. Nice. They were, yeah, I don't, I- you had those I, too, they were very popular. I still see them yeah. a lot in thrift stores yeah. and such. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. So I had totally forgotten about them, but now I realize how much that has influenced this whole project and my whole, yeah, probably illustration style. I'm trying to come back around to remembering what your question was. <laughs> I got lost. Just how you, I think your, your images, I think are very kind of, they just harken back to kind of, you know, plants and to, I think a more natural way of life. And I'm curious just how you feel like you've come to that? I mean, did you start in that space as an artist or has it evolved into that over the years? Yeah, just, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's pretty, I think I've been pretty consistent. Yeah. I think I've always been drawn to painting plants and people and sort of natural environments. I really love to, in my paintings, layer like suns and birds and animals and there, there definitely that is like what most interests me. And I feel like there were moments in college where I would try something different and it just never felt right. Yeah. I, know, I, I think I call it folk art a little bit. Yeah. It's very folky. And I, I mean, I love that. I, it appeals yeah. to me because it's yeah. gentle and real and I really love it. But I'm sure, I mean, when you go to art school, they kind of try to get you to try a little bit of everything, at least yes. in my experience. And yeah. is, is watercolor, is that the main medium that you use? And is that what you've always been drawn to? Yeah, with illustration, it's pretty much always watercolor. And in my work, a lot is watercolor. And then I've also gotten into using gouache. So I'll use like a combination of watercolor and gouache just for some like richer, I like, even though like so much of my work is on the like earthy side of the color palette, I also love neons. So yeah. those have been really fun to incorporate. But yeah, mainly watercolor and pencil. A lot of times you can still see my pencil or my pen with the watercolor itself. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the project that I mentioned, the wild crafting and the, the harvesting. So describe for us this this project that you did and, and sort of what your inspiration was and, and all of those things. Okay. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, Brittany Wood Nickerson of Time Herbal. Her and I were working at the same bar, a beer bar in Western Massachusetts Love and it. became good friends. And in the beginning of our friendship, she is an herbalist and was teaching a class out of her home called the Art of Home Herbalism. I'm pretty sure that's what the class was called. And that was maybe 10, 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I took the class just because I was curious. And I definitely grew up, my, my mom was very into um, natural foods, teas, all that. Like I was definitely like already had a connection to mm -hmm. herbs in a certain way, but I was excited and interested to learn more. So I took the class with Brittany and the whole time I would sort of be frantically not only taking notes, but drawing. And I just couldn't help it. I'd always like draw the plants she was talking about. And so it was just part of how I was learning. So I had this beautiful, I still have it, like a beautiful sketchbook that instead of having a notebook, I had this little sketchbook that had all my notes and all my drawings. Thanks. And then Brittany and I started 
getting together to support each other in our artistic practices. Mm -hmm. So she wanted to write more and I wanted to draw more. And we were meeting at a coffee shop and talking about those things and sort of setting goals and checking in with each other. And at that time, I'm not, I don't remember the exact way it came about, but we decided to make these moon posters. So we would make a lunar calendar that at the bottom of the poster would highlight a bunch of herbs that were good for good and supportive for menstruation. Mm. And so that was sort of the beginning. That was the first thing we did together. And then every year since then, I think we've done 11 or 12. We've made 11 or 12 of these moon calendars. So there's a new one every year. Yeah. And some have to do with eating with the seasons or herbs or just meditations on the moon cycle. So that was sort of the origin of it. And then from there, either of us would just get different ideas about posters. So the harvesting and wildcrafting one, I don't remember exactly when Brittany came up with it or how she came up with it. I mean, she's a teacher. So I think it's something when she was oh, sure. teaching that she would be thinking about what would be helpful for her students. Yeah. And yeah, and I think it was, she had this idea. And if folks see the poster, it's instead of having things broken down into a very rigid sort of, this is what's growing in spring. This is what you can harvest in the fall. It's a much more fluid sort of charting system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the... Yeah, that's the origin of that collaboration. I, you know how when you see something or you find something or maybe you read a book and you're like, this person just gets me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Something about this, like how they interpret the world is so similar to how I interpret the world. And that's how I felt when I opened the poster. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, these people are my people. Like I just visually, it makes so much sense. And it, it's inviting. It's not, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we get a little, and I'm a very passionate teacher. I love helping people understand the natural world, but sometimes it can be so daunting. You pull out like a guidebook or like a foraging book and you're like, I don't know how to start with this, right? Like this is, it's over my head. It's going to be over their heads. Like people just want it to be straightforward and very simple and easy. And that's exactly what this poster is. Mm -hmm. And I think of that with the moon posters as well. Like it's just one of those things where when you see it, it's not daunting like those other resources can be. And you don't have to have an herbalism degree to be able to translate what it's trying to say to you. So I think it's just what you've said is exactly right. It's a visual, it's fluid, it's it's just accessible, I think, for people to to take it and be like, okay, I'm not gonna maybe be a herbalist, but I can look at this foraging calendar and take from it what I wanna get from it and then kind of leave the rest, which there's really nothing ex- extra on there. It's exactly what you would want yeah. to, to do. So I love that about it. I love that, that's, that's perfect. I feel like you do totally get it. Yeah, <laughs> hearing your reflection, I'm like, uh-huh, exactly. And then <laughs> as you were saying that, I was thinking about one of the things so many of my projects have to do with is this idea of sort of like art as a tool of mm-hmm. sort of, I'm so interested in all the different types of art that sort of live with us and sit with us every day, whether it be a poster that's just like in the home. So you're, you're taking, like you're visually looking at it and like maybe just taking snippets of information or walking out the door and being like, Oh yeah, it's like this season. I should remember to like check out this plant. And, and yeah, like you said, how different that is than a guidebook because it's just, existing with you right Um, and it is too like I think I need to mention that it's worthy of being on the wall all the time so there are lots of charts out there that I I mean we homeschool so we have like charts out the wazoo but they're not all ones that I want to be framed and like on the wall all the time right and these totally are worthy of that so I love that thank you 
And that, that also is exactly, is reminding me of this other, like early intention of ours was to sort of, you know, make what quote unquote, like cheap art. Like we weren't trying to do a really like refined high end thing that we would get printed. Like we wanted it to be able to be affordable and accessible, Mm. you know, that it could be something that you could put on your refrigerator, that it didn't need to be this something outside of, I'm not sure exactly what I'm trying to get with, but just like art that can live in your home and like function in this other way, that that was like a, a really important piece to us. And now it's interesting because people have, in the beginning, that's how we pictured them is like tacked up on a dorm room wall or on the refrigerator. Yeah. And then slowly people have reached out being like, oh, I can't find a frame for this size. And we're like, oh, we didn't even think of, so some things we have started to change to be standard frame sizes because so many yeah. people ask, but it's nice to remember sort of the history and the origins of the project. Well, it's interesting because I think you you can't see it because we're not doing the, the recording as a video, but she actually, Chelsea held it up for me and you have it laminated, I think. It, is that oh, what? it's a newer, the, we printed it again on a paper that has a, a little poster. bit, yeah, it's, the other one is like a matte finish and this one's just like a little bit thicker. Yes, I love that. So that's really great too, because you don't even need to frame it. It's just ready kind of to hang. But yeah, I mean, as a chart, it's just, it's, I think one of my favorite teaching tools now, and we're bringing some kids onto our property and we're going to be doing some foraging and stuff with them. And I think it's just such a like, oh yeah, I can look at that and, and I can find it myself. I don't even need somebody to interpret it for me. So I love that. And then the other thing that I have that I think was a freebie when I bought the poster was the moon tracking for, is, am I right about that? The tracking, the moon tracker? Moon tracker. I don't know. I fill it out every night before I go to bed, like how, with how I felt today. And oh. it's, got, it's the t- t- oh, yeah. calendar, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, yeah, that's my, that's the other like artist tool. I'm so into this stuff, but that one is, yeah, mood tracker, menstrual tracker. Yeah. I started making that a few years ago. A while ago, I had a friend who was always surprised when her, when she would start bleeding, when she would get her period. And I was like, you gotta like keep track of that. So I think it's sort of started with that and some different like mental health, mental stuff that it was just really helping me to have a grounding practice and seeing the like cycle of things, whether it's like, I, the one I really noticed was that I would get like extra uptight or not uptight. I would get a little snippy with my husband and he would sort of notice, he's like, wait a minute, where are you? And so that was sort of the origins of that was me sort of getting a little bit more. uh, I love that. Yeah. For, for a while, Drew actually tracked my cycle. Yeah. I didn't at all. And then over the last, like, I want to say two or three years, I've really tried to dive into the moon and the cycles of the moon and see how they connect with me, but just with nature. I mean, all of the different things, trying to pull that back into my life, because I think it's something that we are disconnected from as a, you know, culture and we should reconnect with that. And we're actually Jewish. And so we follow those cycles anyways. And I'm like, you know, I need to, uh, you know, on a, on a, for our holidays and whatnot, they're all based around the lunar cycle. So it's like, why don't we pull that in and make more sense of it on a daily level? And so I love the tracker because it just makes me every night like, oh, this is where I am. And and this is where the moon is. And I'm really kind of keeping up with it. So if you're trying to like learn more about the moon, it's fun for that reason too, because you can see how you fit into that. And it's only month two for me. So I'm just learning and seeing the patterns pop up. Yeah, I love it. I love that so much. Yeah, I'm really excited also for you to talk to Brittany because so much of the moon, like 
Well, one, also, I'm Jewish and was so amazed learning about the moon's connection to Judaism. And yeah, I, I, Brittany and I have had so many conversations about the moon and our cycles and the connection to the earth. And yeah, I'm yeah. with you. And over the last six months or so, I've been doing a new moon tea where just a few of us gather and we drink tea together and it's just a women's thing and we talk about, it's just a connection and reflection point and we have this tea that's herbally like connected with what's going on and, and it is, it's become a really beautiful thing and I love how your products just seamlessly kind of mix in with that. I would love for you to share a few of the other, the other things that you have available in your Etsy store for our listeners to hear about. Yeah, uh, let's see. I have to update my Etsy store. I got a little bit behind on uh, printing, but usually coming soon, I often have postcard collections with a bunch of my different paintings because I'm also very into real mailable art and writing letters. So soon I will be printing more of those. I have a perpetual calendar that is, you know, also known as a birthday calendar. So that it's, you know, one of those small, narrow flip calendars to record birthdays or anniversaries. And then what else do I have? I mean, just so many of Brittany and I's posters. We have the moon posters. We have a tea poster. We have the harvesting poster. Yes. Yeah. Well, I did see something I've seen in your feed. And I don't know if it's in your Etsy shop or not, but as a plant allies deck. Yeah. Is that in your shop too? Yeah. Yeah. That's not in my Etsy shop. That's with a, a collaboration with a different friend. And we're actually doing... We found a printer in upstate New York who does sort of a print on demand. So oh. when the orders come in, they print them and then they directly ship them to people. Oh, that's what so, with the deck. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's a 65 card deck and a like 150 page guidebook. So it's pretty oh neat. big epic project. It just kept me very busy. <laughs> I love that. I didn't realize it came with a book too. I have a few decks and I love them, but when they come with a book, it's even more like interactive and fun. So I love that. Okay, so I'll wrap it up now. We probably could talk and talk and talk, but yeah. I'm going to wrap it up and just ask you, what's something that you do as a part of your routine to keep you just feeling your best? Yeah, that's such a good question. And that is something where I'm like, oh, I could talk forever on that. But for me, it's definitely when I started having a morning ritual routine. Yeah, just really, I wake up really early. I usually get up around 6, 6.30. And it's sort of that first hour, I would say. I'm a coffee drinker, so it's, making coffee. And then a big one for me is going like, once my coffee is ready, I'll go outside and just stand. I live by the water. So I'll go outside and just stand by the water and just like starting my day with like, yeah, fresh air and just like a big wide sky has been definitely life changing. I'm pretty sure it's a big part of what's keeping me grounded these days. And maybe for the past two years, I've done that. And then usually after that, I have different like oracle decks or tarot decks and picking a card and looking at a card or writing. I don't know if you know morning pages. I know a lot of people yes. talk about morning pages. <laughs> yeah. I sometimes do that. Like yes. just definitely like I have a little desk. I used to also make offerings to Neat. some beloved, beloved dead in my life. And yeah, just a little like reflection in the morning, sometimes meditating, but not for a long time, maybe like five or six minutes. But yeah. I think the morning, my morning ritual routine is one of the most important things I think to my well-being these That's past few years. Day. I mean, yeah. And I love the thought of just stepping outside first thing, no matter what it's like outside weather-wise. I mean, you like it almost gives you this like fresh start of, yeah, you know what? It doesn't revolve a hundred percent around you. It's not all on your shoulders. Like there's so many things that just going out and connecting with what's what's happening that's out of your control kind of reminds you like, you know, this day is yours to use, but 
don't worry about it too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. Well, Chelsea, thank you so, so much for being on the call with me today. Everyone, make sure that you are connecting with Chelsea. Follow her on Instagram, see what she's posting, and then also check out her Etsy store. And I encourage you to go ahead and just order this foraging calendar. It's an incredible resource. And of course, the moon calendar as well. There's tons on her Etsy store that you're going to want. But it, can you tell us what the, the website is for folks who are listening, Chelsea? I think maybe like a main place to go would just be chelseagranger.com. So it's C-H-E-L-S-E-A and then Granger, G-R-A-N-G-E-R. And then there's links. There's a link to my Etsy shop. You'll see the little Instagram icon. I think that's a good way instead of, I'm like, I don't, yeah, that'll be the main, the main spot. You can find all the other things. All in one place. I like it. That's brilliant. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea. Thank you so much for having me. This was very sweet. Thank you. Bye, everybody. So it's March, and we have some really exciting things going on and wanted to let you know about. First of all, we've got the Homestead Opening House, which is, I'm so excited about this. It is just going to be a phenomenal amount of content talking about all things homesteading. So whether you're a novice or you have experience, you're going to get to hear from people all across the globe, over 20 speakers, sharing what they do, how they make homesteading work for themselves. And there's, it's just going to be amazing. So, so, so much great content. I'm particularly excited about learning how to make Gouda. Uh, we're going to be learning how to gather seeds and harvest seeds and start seeds and, um, just growing crops through the year, working with animals, just you name it, the topic is going to be covered. We cannot wait. On top of that, we have local, if you're local, if you're a small farmer or a homesteader, we do have a farming mastermind going on. We are meeting once a month and we would love to have you join us at that at the schoolhouse. So if you're local, please check that out. We also have New Moon Teas, which are a phenomenal place for uh, women to connect and reflect and um, really just um, build some community. So we would love to have you check that out as well. And then lastly, whether you're local or not local, we have the Academy and the Flock that you can check out. Um, both we're really hoping are an opportunity for anyone, no matter where you are, to learn the ins and outs of homesteading. Uh, the Academy, we have a monthly Q&A, live Q&A, and a library of over 70 videos on everything you can imagine. You also get free access to the Homeschool Open House and the Homestead Open House and discounts on the local events. And I, we just think it's a really great way to build community and grow together. And um, you get the guidance from Drew and I directly. And on top of that, we have the flock. If you're looking for more hands-on, one-on-one kind of connection, um, that's an opportunity as well starting this month. So we wanted to make sure you know all about that. And then something I just added to the calendar that I couldn't be more thrilled about is a, a cleaning make and take. Um, I'm going to share all my secret recipes on how to make really inexpensive but effective cleaning products um, that are safe for your home, sustainable, but they also boost your immune system. And one thing that I'm adding this time that we've never done before is beeswax wraps. Those are things that you can use, cloth that you can use to wrap instead of like cellophane on your um, your foods and that kind of thing to store them in the fridge. And I'm really excited about that. So I hope that you'll check all of these things out and join us at some of them. And um, yeah, it's going to be a great March.